0: We're in First John chapter one. Begin reading. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word of life. For the life was manifested, that we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Shall we pray? Loving Father, we do thank you that as we come to this passage, Lord, we are reminded that we alone have fellowship with God the Father through Jesus Christ our Lord and that he has won for us this opportunity to come before God in a new and victorious way wherein previously we were in sin and in darkness. Now through Christ our Lord we come to God the Father in the light of his Son Jesus Christ who has shown us the way and we thank you Father That through the very blood of, of our Savior, through the very Word of God, and the fulfillment and manifestation of that glory to us, that we have the witness of the Word of God that others came in like manner, even as we. And we thank you, Father, that your Word is true, and the witness of your Word. Lord, we ask your blessing now upon the Scriptures, upon our time together in ministering the very Word of God, upon the hearing of the Scripture, and that the Holy Spirit of God might minister it to us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, as we look at this passage, we see that truly we have fellowship. With the Lord Jesus Christ, and that relationship that we have to Christ has made possible our relationship to God the Father. And so it is, Jesus is the source of our joy and fellowship. Our joy is with the Father and the Son. Well, since they are joined together in the Godhead, We cannot have one without the other. And we find that Jesus himself has made possible that communion that we have now with the Father. And so we do glory in that we have a newfound fellowship, not only in Christ, but with the Father as well. Secondly, because God is light, we walk in the light and fellowship with one another. And so we find that because God is light and because Jesus Christ is the very light of the world, we now are able to fellowship in that light and love which God has shed abroad in our hearts through Christ our Savior. And because of that, we have fellowship, not only with God the Father and God the Son, we have fellowship one with another, and our fellowship, of course, is based upon that relationship we have with God the Father and God the Son. And then thirdly, when we confess our sin, He forgives us our sins, or He cleanses us from our sins. Well, as we find that um, we have a relationship with God the Father and God the Son, we know that, judicially, God has forgiven the believer of all sins, past, present, and future. But due to the fact that we still have the old sin nature and sometimes do transgress the will of God, we find that it is necessary to confess our sins. And in that confession, we have the opportunity of making right our fellowship with God the Father and God the Son once again. Not that we are saved more than once, no, we just restore that fellowship through confession of sin. And so this uh, area of fellowship is one which is of course made possible Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, In the very first two verses here, we find, he says, fellowship. We now have fellowship with God the Father and God the Son. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Well, truly, an eyewitness is a very important witness, and we find that the early disciples were eyewitnesses of Christ. The doctrinal foundation, if you will, for all true fellowship is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, As the word for Lord Jesus Christ is a tripart title, if you will, we find that Jesus means Savior and Christ means anointed. Jesus is our Savior as he is revealed in the New Testament, and Christ is the promised anointed one that came from the Old Testament as the true Messiah of God. And so because of this um, relationship that we have to Christ, we find our fellowship is made possible. There can be no true fellowship with those who hold false doctrines concerning Christ. Because Christ is the central point of the doctrinal issue of our salvation christology if we don't have the doctrine of christology correct everything else falls apart that there must be correct theology in relationship to christ and so this is a very important um, element of our relationship to God the Father. We can have no fellowship with God the Father except through Christ. And if we have the doctrine of Christ wrong, we cannot have fellowship with God the Father. And so these first two verses here teach his eternity and the reality of the incarnation. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, being eyewitnesses, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled. They were there, literally, with the, with the, the, the Lord Jesus, and handled of the Word of life. His very person, the per, very person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, in John 1-1, he is called the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so he is truly the Son of God, the incarnate Son of God. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness. And so that life being manifested by the very incarnation of God the Son, they could bear witness and show unto others by preaching the gospel of Christ and the very doctrines of Christ that eternal life, which was demonstrated to them, that eternal life could be also preached unto others, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. And so the doctrine of the eternal nature of Christ is significant and important to the gospel, and there is no salvation apart from it. Also thirdly, uh, in the third verse, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So the apostles um, did not keep the news of the gospel of Christ to themselves, but rather they were to take it to others. They realized that the basis of the fellowship they had is found in Christ, and so they declared it freely, and that all who received the testimony which they gave of Christ received also the message of the gospel, which was the doctrine of salvation unto repentance and faith to all who heard. that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship and so it is that um, by the very preaching of the cross of christ to those who receive it we can have fellowship with them and you may have noticed that whenever you come in contact with other true believers there is an immediate sense of having fellowship in christ with them not that you know everything about them But if they profess Christ as their Savior, you immediately have that ground upon which to fellowship. It may take a little bit further uh, interaction to find more of what uh, they know about Christ. But if they are truly professing Christ as their Savior, and you sense that by the very Spirit of God in them, you may have fellowship with them. Beyond that, you'll have to explore their knowledge of the Lord to see just how further they have grown in the knowledge of Christ. But you should not think yourself too highly, as we noted this morning in the Scripture, and think somehow you are more pious than they or you are somehow above them. I think one of the mistakes we often do is, as do censorious judgment against people that we have no business doing god can handle anything else that needs to be said in in their hearts let our fellowship be in christ first and then let god deal with the rest that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father Well, if we have fellowship in Christ, then our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And then he says, and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. And so we can honestly say that our joy is with the Father and the Son. Our joy is with the Father and the Son. And so once we have gotten that true relationship in jesus christ we find that it is more easily and adequately met that we are fellowshipping with the father as well as jesus christ is our great high priest certainly we know that to know christ is to have access to the father And so it is not like we are praying to one and not to the other. But because we have access to the Son and are praying to the Son, for we know Him, then we also are praying unto the Father. This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all and so because God is light we walk in the light in fellowship one with another and so Christ being the very the only begotten Son of God in that personal relationship in the Godhead we find that to know Christ is to know the Father to know one is to know the other To know the light of the Lord Jesus Christ is to know the light of the Father. And because we can walk in that light, we can have fellowship not only with God the Father and God the Son, we can have fellowship one with another. Because we, we we share that reciprocal fellowship which we know in Christ. To God the Father we can share that and so that is a very important aspect of our fellowship fellowship is made possible because of Christ fellowship is made possible to one another because of Christ as we are in Christ And fellowship, of course, is with the Father and with the Son. And so we find that uh, this message concerning God the Father and God the Son, it cannot be separated. This then is the message which we have heard of him, that declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And so this light is, of course, the holy, holiness and fellowship that we have with God. The light of the glorious gospel of Christ, the light which stands above all other standards in in the world. It is a holy, righteous and just standard that we come to God in Christ. And in Him is no darkness at all, no sin. And so it is that if anyone who tries to come to the Father without the Son is not fellowshipping with God the Father at all. They are not, their prayers cannot even approach God unless they come through God the Son. And so what does it mean when many people pray to God and yet they know not God but they are not in fellowship with God and they cannot approach the true and holy God apart from the Son of God now I know that may be hard to take as far as many people who are in the world because they, many of them are very religious people but yet If they know not the Son, they know not the Father. And so what is it they are doing? Well, for the most part, they're in an an empty, vain repetition of religiosity. Good works, if you will, trying to approach God when they have no avenue to do so. They may be very religious, they may be very good or moral even, to some extent. But without the true benefit of knowing Jesus Christ is their Savior, they are yet in their sin. And they do not have any true direct avenue unto the Father, but by the Son. This sounds very exclusive, because it is. And we cannot whitewash it, we cannot delude it, we cannot do anything about it. Because it is the same way we had to come. You may say, well, I I had some strong inclination to come to God before I even was saved. And that may be, may be very true. And it is true of a lot of people. And it's only true because... God has placed it in our heart to know Him, even though we are quite lost. And we find that that God-consciousness is very much a part of us. The very reason why many people are very religious people altogether is because they do have some sense of morality and consciousness of God, but they have not yet found the right way to God the Father. They have been trying other avenues, and uh, perhaps only pacifying their need for God, but yet not truly finding God. And you may uh, you may know that there is a a big trend toward Buddhism today, and that it is very it's very works oriented and full of prayers and full of all kinds of of. Uh, religious ceremony or rite or ritual, if, if you will. But it has no true pathway to God apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they would have to depart from Buddhism in order to find Christ. But, you know, we, we spoke about that this morning in Sunday School that, many, that the nations are blinded by Satan. He is blinding them by these, with all these various kinds of, of God things that are going on in the world. Satan is blinding them, he's using that as a diversion, a deception, if you will. But wherever the true light of the glorious gospel of Christ is shined and people walk in that light, then... God will use it to bring them unto the Savior. John Bunyan, of course, wrote the book many years ago, Pilgrim's Progress. And at one point in the book, and I've used this before and I'll mention it again, Pilgrim was uh, quite lost in the soil of despond. He was wallowing around in the, in the muddy filth of the world, and he crawled out on the other side of the Slough of Despond and uh, there was Evangelist and he was uh, exhorting him why he had fallen into this condition, if you will. And of course Pilgrim didn't have a very good answer and Evangelist began to explain to him and say well have you, can you see yonder light over by the wicket gate, the, the, the little narrow gate that enters into eternal life, can you see that? And Pilgrim says, I don't see the gate, I can't see the gate. And he says, well, can you see the light? And Pilgrim says, yes, I can see that light over there, I can see that light. And an evangelist instructed him, go to that light and you will find one who will direct you to the, to the way of life. Well you see many people don't find the light but if they can only find that light of the glorious gospel of Christ if you can shine that in their direction and they will acknowledge that light then he will give them more light. The the whole point of the evangelist is to direct people to Christ. He doesn't save them but he, he beckons them to come and he directs them in that direction and tells them that Jesus is the light. And of course in the the storyline Pilgrim does go to the light and finds the narrow gate. But after he gets there, Apollyon is shooting arrows at him, trying to wound him if possible. But he enters in. Well, we find that God is light and in him is no darkness at all, but if we say we have fellowship, verse six with him, and walk in the darkness, we lie and do not the truth. It's kind of like that uh, idea of hypocrisy that we was talking about this morning. You know, if we have a veil of religiosity and religious element to us, you know we just put on something that looks like religion It looks like true faith in Christ but it really isn't if we say that we are fellowship with him and walk in darkness you know that veil of, of religiousness will sometimes pacify people enough but they'll just continue along in the same way they've been living all the time and that's, that's what many people do of course and they walk in darkness he says we lie and do not the truth it, it is a it's a, it's a kind of hypocrisy, religious hypocrisy. They lie and they do not do the, do not the truth. But conversely he says in verse 7 but if we walk in the light and he is as he is in the light as he is in the light and we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So these are, these are testimonies that God gives to us. Verse 7, they're testimonies. If we've we got to walk in that light, as he is in the light. So that's the fellowship of, of communion that we have with God the Father and God the Son. We have fellowship one with another. Well, because we are walking in that witness and testimony of God, the, God the Father, God the Son... We can have fellowship with one another in Christ. And then we can say and know for sure that the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sins. And so once you see these things being manifested in a person they have the same true faith that you profess if you are walking in that same way, but if there is any diverting from it, if there is any veil of hypocrisy upon it, and it doesn't show true, you won't be able to have the fellowship because they won't tolerate it. Anybody who isn't really saved won't tolerate the light very long. It it exposes sin. It will. They, they may. They may give you some sense of. Uh, of, I am a Christian but at the same time if, the, if you continue to show that light that you have of Christ to them and you keep pressing that light forth shining it like a flashlight in the dark you keep, you keep that beacon of Christ on them pretty soon they'll, they'll, they'll either walk away or they'll say I don't, I'm as good as anybody else and they just, they'll put you off because they, they're not really there they're not really there. But those who are, those who can give that witness, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, can be said to have cleansed them from all unrighteousness. If we say, verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Well, let's just be frank here. Anyone who is a true Christian won't say they don't have sin. They can't. They can't say it. They will admit they have sin. If If they say that they don't have any sin, that's a giveaway right there. You know that they... They really are not understanding what the sin nature is all about. And so it is one of those final proofs you might say if a person says that they have no sin they are deceived. Even if they are religious they are deceived. If they say they have no sin. Even if they call themselves a Christian if they say oh I have no sin I'm a Christian. They deceive themselves and the truth is not in them. Not the truth, no. Because we we know that all have sinned initially and continually there is the presence of the sin nature that causes one at times to sin against the things we know even. Well, the Pharisees went about kind of acting that way, didn't they? Saying that they were so righteous and then at the same time, they were not so righteous at all. And then, of course, uh, when you come to verse 9, and it's it's a very compelling statement that is made. The sins must be confessed even after we come to faith in Christ because there is no true fellowship unless we continually come before God and make known to him our transgressions. The only way we can maintain a proper fellowship with God who is holy, you see, we we are not ascended beings and we are not God so we, we must recognize that there are still sins of omission or sins even overt, overtly done whether we think them or act out upon them or in some way uh, are drawn away of our own lusts and desires as James says that God does not tempt any man we are drawn away of our own lusts and desires. And if we are tempted to sin and do sin, it's our it's of ourselves and not of God. So he says, we need to do this. We need to confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This has been called a, a parental fellowship sometimes a fellowship breaks with the Father because we have transgressed in something perhaps you can remember at some point when you did something that was a transgression against the Lord and all of a sudden you felt pretty pretty bad about that and and you even whenever you tried to pray it was even like I can't pray I've got to come to the Lord first and talk to him about this because But once we go to the Lord and talk to Him and tell Him our miserable self, we're able to pray again. Not that we condone what we did, not that we are so good, but it's because God is so good and so great that we're able to have fellowship with Him again and and feel better about ourselves. It's kind of like you know every every new day is a day and an opportunity to have a better relationship with god and it won't do any good to rest on what you've done in the past either good or evil no we we need to have an ongoing relationship with the father through the son so we must confess if conditionally confess our sins He is faithful. As a parent, God the Father wants us to have a right relationship with Him. And so, He is faithful faithful to forgive us our sins. God is faithful. Judicially, He's already done it, of course, past, present, and future, but uh, while we are here upon the earth, we we do uh, some things that that violate that fellowship and if we want to have that fellowship truly at its best we must confess our sins to the Lord and I'm not talking about going to the priest or going to the Pope or taking absolution or any of that kind of stuff that's for the religious who are so religious and ceremonial they don't know the true way to God the Father we must just come in faith and in humility like it says there in Psalm 32 which we read we find that we are able to talk to the Father through the Son seek that forgiveness for the things that we do wrong and we find that he cleanses us from that unrighteousness of our lives that breaks that fellowship. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, again, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So we only support verse 8, if we say that we have not sinned, because we are in effect saying that we have no sin, and we we are deceiving ourselves. And so it isn't possible to have fellowship with God the Father except through God the Son because God the Son is the eternal Son of God and He came to die for our sins according to the Scriptures. We cannot have any fellowship or any true joy in Christ with God the Father apart from God the Son. We cannot have any fellowship with one another except on the true basis of our fellowship with God the Father and God the Son. And we can have no true joy in our Christian walk and faith apart from our fellowship with God the Father and God the Son. And so that message was what John thought to communicate, that Jesus is light, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we are fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. So let us give thanks to God for such a wonderful relationship that we can have with Him through Jesus Christ, our Son, His Son. Thank you, Father, for that blessing of knowing the Son of being able to come to that light, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, of finding in Christ the hope of eternal life and the true foundation of our faith and the true joy of our salvation in Christ. And it is the immediate true confirmation of our walk with you, Lord, to know Jesus Christ is to know the Father. Lord, I pray you'll bless each one of us and encourage us in our walk of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.